Hey marketers, this is the Girls in Marketing podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today. We are so excited to get started with the episode. Just before we do, we want to give you a little introduction to who we are and what we do. Girls in Marketing is an e-learning platform and online community. We are on a mission to bridge the digital skills gap and equalize gender seniority in marketing. Right, that's enough chat. Let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome back to the Girls in Marketing podcast. Today I am delighted to be joined by Ellie Middleton. Ellie is an ADHD and autism advocate. She's also a public speaker and consultant. You may actually recognize her from TikTok. She's grown an amazing following by being her authentic self after she was diagnosed with ADHD and autism at a relatively late age. Um, So we are going to jump straight into the episode. But before we do, I want you to tell me a little bit about yourself, your kind of story, what kind of, what's been happening for you the last few years, because I know that it's not been kind of a typical journey that maybe some people would expect for someone who is neurodivergent. Yeah, it's been a very wild ride. (laughs) Um, So I think basically I have always struggled with my mental health back at school was diagnosed with kind of like generalized anxiety disorder, depression, and just kind of would get in stages of being really overwhelmed, really down, really anxious. And that was kind of the answer that I was always given for it. Um, And then kind of kept going around in cycles of getting to that really low point and then pulling myself out of it, doing everything that I was supposed to do, like coming back to being like bubbly, fun Ellie, and then like crashing and burning again. And about just over a year ago, it was like, the lockdown after Christmas, so about a year and a half ago, it was like getting back to that cycle again. And I was like, I'm not doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going back to that place again. I can't like some, I was kind of like came to the conclusion that anxiety wasn't the problem. Mm-hmm. It was like the side effect of whatever else was going on because, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't an anxious person. I would just crash and burn every now and again. So okay. it was like that, that's not the problem. That's like something must be happening most of the time for me to then crash. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of like looking for answers, like looking to try and find out what was causing it and was having counselling at the same time. And my counsellor asked me the question, has it ever been looked into why you take things so literally? And Mm -hmm. I was like, no, (laughs) but I think I know what you're hinting at here. Um, And then went away, did lots of Googling, TikToking, Instagramming, searching and was like, oh yeah, um, this is is what's going on for me. So yeah, yeah, to cut a very long process short, got diagnosed with ADHD. It'll literally be a year next week. So it was last October and then autism in March, April time. So very recent. Um, But yeah, as kind of, as it happened, it was like a literally like that light bulb moment of like, how have I not known this for such a long time? Mm -hmm. Like I've literally been in the mental health system for such a long time. I've been having this stuff going on for me for such a long time. Like how has nobody ever realized? Mm -hmm. Um, So I started talking about it online and then just grown and grown and grown and definitely didn't expect it to happen. But Yeah. yeah, I think it was just that like, there must have been so many, like for me, it was like, if I've only just got this answer now mm-hmm. off a potluck conversation with my counsellor, yeah. then how many other people are out there still waiting for that light bulb moment? So it was yeah. like, I need, I need to tell people about this. Like people <laughs> need to find out, like it might be them too. So yeah. yeah, I think it was kind of intentional that I was talking about it, but like very accidental how mm-hmm. like wild it's all got. <laughs> yeah, I think as well, like typically, obviously don't quote me on any statistics or whatever, but 
girls and like women are so much more less likely to be diagnosed at like an early age because I know the typical stereotype of like someone with ADHD is that kind of like naughty boy who runs around the playground and like isn't isn't great to kind of like be friends with but like I think what you've done with your platform and also this kind of like almost like a movement that I would say you are a part of is kind of conquering those stereotypes and I think it's really nice to see how you have have grown into like a person that is able to talk about it so openly without the kind of worrying of stereotypes and stuff like that. Was that something maybe at the start that you were worried about, like starting to talk about it or were you just happy to kind of do it and just be you and and kind of authentically show show up? I think there wasn't kind of like the worry of how it was would be perceived because Mm -hmm. it was just like, for me, it was just like happiness to finally have my answer. Like it was never like, I think some people like because of the stereotype you know if Mm -hmm. they got diagnosed they'd be like oh my god no I don't want to have that I'm like embarrassed or whatever but for me it was like I finally got this answer that I've been looking for like I've been trying to work out what's going on and I know what it is so it was more like excitement but I think it came with a bit of like imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. like I've literally been diagnosed with this thing two weeks ago and now suddenly like it was so quick how it happened when so I guess like for context what kicked off my audience was like a viral post on LinkedIn it was literally two weeks after I got diagnosed with ADHD so it was suddenly like how am I going to try and be you know people are like looking to me to talk about it and I'm Mm -hmm. still like even now I'm still going through the process of understanding like what it is for me and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. I think that was the main like worry of like you know I'm not I'm not an expert like I I obviously I've had this thing my whole life but I'm only just starting to learn Mm -hmm. about what it means for me I think that was a big thing and I think So there was quite a gap between my, there was like six months between when I got my ADHD diagnosis and at that point, like knew I was autistic, but just Mm -hmm. couldn't get a diagnosis yet just because of waiting lists and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So for that like six months, it was, I had very much imposter syndrome of like, can I, can I talk about autism? Like I know I'm autistic. Like I know that other people in the community say it's okay to self-diagnose. Like Mm -hmm. I appreciate other people self-diagnosing. Like I know that, but then it was like, but what if I'm up on stage and someone's like, she's not even autistic. Autistic. Like yeah. that was like probably the main thing of, and yeah, people having that stereotype and looking at me and going, well, you don't, you don't seem it to me. And yeah. like, that was kind of more of the worry, I think. But yeah, I think like looking back now, there is so like, I'm literally, like, I was the most, I have always been like the most autistic person in the world. Like I was the, I was going to study maths at uni. Yeah. I dropped out of school. Like I was always very stubborn. And it's like, if I was a little boy, mm-hmm. it would have literally been like, the autism brigade like yeah. who she is but because I was a little girl people just weren't looking that yeah. for me like looking for that in me um but yeah I think that's really important to be like they're not just Sheldon Cooper and the naughty mm-hmm. little schoolboy. they're like a whole range of people mm-hmm. including women yeah um but yeah it's it's amazing to be part of like people starting to have that realization that like change I think mm-hmm. it is like you say it's it's something that I think like lockdown has been like a big push in it because people lost the structure that they'd always had. So started to realize that something else was going on for them. But then Mm -hmm. like a few people like high profile people like Christine Mm -hmm. McGuinness got diagnosed as autistic and Melanie Sykes got diagnosed. Like Dr. Alex George literally two days ago put that he'd been diagnosed with ADHD. And I think it's like more and more people, it is like a movement of people like finally getting their answers. Yeah, Yeah, no. And I think just from kind of like watching it it's really great to see because it's almost like you're leading it 
obviously all of these people are kind of doing it and it's making it more like normal and it's making people say actually like you said realizing maybe I do have these tendencies like maybe I should look into it and stuff like that but going into kind of a bit more about you and like what you do so you're currently like doing content creation and you work part-time with great influence um which is great so but you do so many things like you're always doing panels and talks and you do TikToks and everything like that what does a kind of typical day look like for you? Because I think what you do is not very traditional in like a career sense. Yeah. But I would very much say as a content creator, as someone who does these kind of like panels and talks and stuff, you very much are like marketing yourself and kind of like putting yourself out there and stuff like that. But what does a typical day look like for you? It very ch- like changing every day and also mm-hmm. like changing very quickly mm-hmm. like so when it all started happening I was working full-time at Great Influence mm-hmm. um and I think that was really important in making it happen the way it has because okay. my job was to position people online and to mm-hmm. make content for people online so I knew how to do it for other people which then like taught me how to do it for myself as well Mm -hmm. so it was almost like this dual journey of like I'm learning to be an account manager Mm -hmm. for my clients and I'm also learning to be an account manager for myself at the same time so it was I think that if I hadn't have been doing the work that if I hadn't have been a marketer I don't Mm -hmm. think it would have happened in the way that it has Mm -hmm. um but that kind of went on for a while of like working full-time as a marketer and then doing like talks and stuff on the side and content creation on the side. And then about three months ago or four months ago, probably the conversation started. Um, I started having conversations with my management agency mm-hmm. and they were kind of like, we think that you're on like the, the avalanche basically mm-hmm. of like everything's going to start happening. And I was like, yeah, I feel like that as well. Yeah. And it was like, I just can't work full time anymore. And even yeah. though that's a, the skill that I love, like mm-hmm. I love like making content and stuff like that. And it was like, well, I'm just going to have to move that to focus on myself. So yeah. at that point, um, I kind of made the decision to take like my stuff as like my full-time job, um, but also like keep a part-time role at Great Influence because I just didn't want to let go just yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's it's amazing to be like, I feel so grateful to be able to do it. But yeah, every day is quite different. I think I try and find some structure in terms of like the the content creation and mm-hmm. the like social media side of stuff, because I think that's the only way that I keep on the trajectory that I'm on is if yeah. I'm consistent with like, like you say, marketing myself basically, but yeah. providing resources that people want to see. Mm-hmm. And then I think like LinkedIn has been a huge part of it for me. And that's kind of what drives me getting talks and stuff like that. Like yeah. that's all come from people seeing my content on LinkedIn and being like, can you come and talk to us? Can you come and be on this panel? And it's like, well, that's how I get my message out. So mm-hmm. I need to do the social stuff to be able to like get onto this, that yeah. kind of stuff, if that makes sense. But yeah, yeah it, it's quite varied. But I'd say most of my actual work at the moment comes from like the talks and the panels and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. is quite short periods of time mm-hmm. dotted around. So I think in between, I yeah do a lot of content creation. Um, I started a community called the Unmasked Community, which is basically... I think as my audience grows, more and more people want to talk to me about it Mm because it's like a topic that they don't get to talk about much or they see something that I've written. And like you say, they're like, ah, okay, I do have those tendencies. Like I want to find out more, but I can't be that support system to all of these different people. But I was like, what I can do is put them all in a room together and like help them find 
a friend each or mm-hmm. a, a little group each and stuff like that. So that's taken up quite a lot of my time at the moment. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's exciting. It's dotted around, but it's it's fun. Yeah, I really love your LinkedIn content. I think it's so like, I think authentic is a word that's used quite a lot, but it genuinely is. And you can kind of tell that you are just being yourself and you, you know, you don't just necessarily post about autism and ADHD in that way, but professionalism as well. You know, you've done, you did a LinkedIn post, I think went viral about like tattoos and then another one about like how the 40 hour work week doesn't work for everyone. And I think like, that's really great to see that you're kind of being an advocate not just for that like ADHD and autism but just for kind of like the typical notions of what is professionalism now because we're in 2022 like it's not what maybe people would think it is um so I think it's really really nice to see that and actually I know that you sometimes get like recognized and stuff, which I bet is like crazy. But I was talking to someone the other day saying I was coming and recording this podcast and she was like, oh yeah, I follow her on LinkedIn. And I was like, that is so strange. And obviously I'm not you, but I just think that's so crazy. Like to have grown a platform in such a short amount of time and then having people just literally knowing who you are must be crazy. It's very, very strange. Like it, it takes a lot of getting used. And I think as well, because like literally I'm autistic, mm-hmm. like when people come up to me, it takes me by surprise. And then I'm like, like I'm being nice, but I'm also a bit awkward. And I'm like, oh, I'm not really very good at small talk. And then it, I'm like, I don't want to come across as rude that they've just come up to me mm-hmm. and then I've not been chatty. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's something that I'm getting my head around now. But yeah, it's really, mm-hmm. I think it's like you almost separate that like, online like I know that I'm putting out content and that people are responding to it and this but then it's like you almost forget that Mm -hmm. they're all real life people and it's Mm -hmm. it is it's strange but it's really it's really nice I'm obviously so so grateful for it and I've had so many like lovely conversations with people who like say oh like it's helped me or you know I've got a cousin or a brother or a sister or my partner or this or this Mm -hmm. and it's it is like a really lovely reminder of like Oh, yeah, it's actually really like helping people. Like it's yeah. work that needs to be done. So yeah, yeah it's very, very strange, but yeah. very nice at the same time. So you obviously do a lot of like content creation on social media and stuff. Is that something that you've kind of, did you always see yourself doing that? Like obviously you said you wanted to go to uni and do maths and like that is quite different I'll be honest to you know content creation like even if you are talking more in a sense of from a marketing point of view like the stuff that you did at Grace Influence like did you always kind of see that or is it being something that you're passionate about for a while or is it something that's kind of like came from just doing it yeah I think it's all like again tied together in quite a strange way I think like we all grew up on social media, really. And I think that was like a big part of, I think maybe comes from like not really fitting in in school and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that it was like, oh, well, if I can kind of post stuff online, then that's like my nice space rather mm-hmm. than maybe like the not so nice like friendships or groups I was involved in at school. But yeah, I think I've always like lent towards like Instagram and stuff like that. When I was traveling, I was always posting. Like I've always been like a keen social media user mm-hmm. um but I think before my like before I kind of had my brain realizations I never really thought that I would like go anywhere in a proper career because mm-hmm. of the like the crash and burns that I was talking about mm-hmm. I kind of was like well I'm never gonna do a really good career because every six months 
I become like that I have to go off sick. So I can't, you know, work yeah. in like an exciting job and like social media and stuff like that. And most of the work that I was doing was literally like I worked in a post office. I worked in a bank. I worked in a call center, like just like customer service work. Cause I was kind of, I guess I'd come to like the acceptance that, okay, work is just going to be something for me that I have to do to pay the bills because mm-hmm. otherwise I'm going to have to like quit a job every six months. It's just not going to happen. Um, so I was kind of, yeah, I was working in a call center and then the company that I was working for had like a placement come up in the marketing team. Mm -hmm. So it was like half e-commerce, half social media marketing. And it was like a three month placement. This was a couple of years ago now. And I was like, I could, you know, I could try that. Like I've never like had the confidence or whatever to apply for a proper marketing job because of that like cycle mm-hmm. but I was like it's three months like what's the worst that can happen like yeah. I'll give it a go and I started doing that and I was like oh yeah I actually really like this like mm-hmm. I think I'd never considered myself to be like a creative person mm-hmm. because I like, I don't draw I don't paint I don't like I'm not like arty mm-hmm. but then I think once I started working in marketing I was like oh no my creative is like ideas like mm-hmm. loads and loads of ideas which I obviously now know is the ADHD brain but at the time yeah. I was like oh no this is like I can do this yeah. and then after that placement they like kept me on and hired me like full-time in the marketing team um and then just kind of like by chance came across an advert for a personal branding role and I was mm-hmm. like ah okay that sounds even more interesting because I'm really interested in like I guess before I even knew about my brain, I've always been really interested in like people and like mm-hmm. communication and psychology and stuff like that. And it was like, oh, I can tie my like creative marketing thing into mm-hmm. like understanding people as well. So it was kind of like, oh yeah, I'll give that a go. And then like very soon after starting working in personal branding was when the LinkedIn thing blew up and mm-hmm. then kind of got in contact with Ash from Great Influence. And then it's, yeah, it's all been kind of like a bit of a wild <laughs> journey. But I think like in short, I've always been, interested in social media and then I've kind of realized that that's like marketing is a really good use of like the way that my brain is creative Mm -hmm. I think yeah I honestly think so many people in our community and people I speak to on a daily basis don't have that traditional route in marketing at all like people I think young people as well think oh I'll go to uni and I'll study marketing and sometimes that's a great way to get into the subject but actually so many people don't get into it that way. You know, I study psychology as a degree and I kind of love that aspect of knowing about people, understanding people, that sort of thing. But then for me, it was like, oh, again, really like this thing. I think I'll be really good at it. And then my progression was kind of more like SEO, like content, stuff like that, but not in a social media sense. And then I grew a love for social media and everything like that. But I think it's, so strange but also amazing to hear that like that you had that untraditional route as well because I think so many people do but it's not something that it's it's that aspect of like you go to school you go to like college or sixth form and then you go to uni and people think oh I'll do marketing but I think that not enough people know about it but there's so many jobs in it in in different ways obviously your role with great influence and kind of personal branding has been something that's up and coming it's not something that's been around for a while and now there's so many kind of people doing that as well as like other types of marketing there's always new roles TikTok another one there's always new jobs in TikTok and and stuff like that so I think it's like really great but so you were obviously talking a little bit then about your kind of um, ADHD and autism and how it's impacted you as a professional. Would you say that there's been kind of any, the strengths, obviously you've said about like ideas and stuff like that. Would you say there's been anything that's maybe more negative or other positive things as well that have impacted you as a professional? Because I think that's something that 
will be really interesting to to discuss. Yeah, I think since my diagnosis, it's like rediscovering how I work. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like I have like had gone kind of such a long time of like not knowing or like knowing inside that something was different about me, but never being told that anything was different about me. So just being like, ah, everybody else must be finding this hard as well. So everybody Mm -hmm. else must be pretending. So just like forcing myself to do like the normal thing of Mm -hmm. like the 40 hour week, the Monday to Friday, nine to five, like kind of dragging myself through it and then having these crashes and burns. Whereas now it's like, I've got that information. Mm -hmm. I know that 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 was what was causing the crashes and burns, overdoing it, masking, like trying to be somebody that I wasn't, like forcing myself through these things was Mm -hmm. like why I was, every six months my body was like, please just make it stop. Um, So I think now I've learned that I definitely work in like sprints rather than marathons. Mm -hmm. So I think like, I will very much like time block and set myself up for like, right, I'm going to do two hours. And Mm -hmm. in that two hours, I'll probably get like double what somebody else would get done in that time. But then I need to go away and get some fresh air and wind Mm -hmm. down or something. Because if I go at that speed, like for a full week, then I'm going to be absolutely drained. So I think that's one thing that I've definitely like implemented and like being okay with that. Mm Because I feel like people get like the guilt of being like, oh, well, you know, because you're, I think it's because our co- like con- job contract is set up as like a 40 hour contract. So you're yeah. like, I must be sat behind a desk working, slogging away for those 40 hours. But it's mm-hmm. like, well, for me, it looks better to do yeah. two hours at 200% and then have a break. Like, I think coming to terms with like, I'm still achieving the same as everybody else in the mm-hmm. room, but I'm just doing it in a slightly different way. That's something that I've definitely like had to learn. Um, I think like learning what motivates me and what doesn't like I'm so bad like my brain is very interest led if I don't find something interesting then it will be put off forever and ever and like emails I'm so bad at like forgetting to respond and like Mm -hmm. stuff like that so I think that's something that I've had to like put structure in to like force myself to do kind of Um, but yeah I guess the strengths that come with it is like the ideas and think just like thinking differently I think Mm -hmm. like as a marketer, like that's the whole kind of like point of like coming up with something different that nobody Mm -hmm. else has like thought of, which my brain is like, naturally it's like a different brain to most people. So I think that's like a strength that I have. And I think the, like my brain works in quite like a structured and concise way. So my brain is very much like, okay, I'm at, I'm at A, I need to get to B. Like what's the best way that I can get there? What's the quickest way that I can get there? What's the like most efficient way that I can get there? And I think that is good for like, not just doing the way it's always been done. Like Mm -hmm. I think my brain doesn't think like, ah, I need to solve this problem. What, what is the way that everybody else has always solved this problem? It's Mm -hmm. like, what's the quickest and best and most efficient way, which like ends up doing stuff in a new way, I Mm -hmm. guess. So I think that's been a big part of it. I think it is really interesting to have like all different brains that work in a different way as well. Like I Mm -hmm. think around the team, like people could have said something and my brain will just like pick out something different that, you know, hadn't been seen before. So I think, yeah, it's nice to be able to and it's like with with marketing creativity it doesn't have to be a fully fledged idea it could just be like one idea that you have and then that could pass on to somebody else that thinks like oh we could build it out in this way and ah that could lead to that and like yeah it turns into something completely new just from all these like bouncing around ideas I guess and I think knowing how you work regardless of being neurodivergent or not is a real strength in your professional career especially in maybe like a fast-paced environment because I speak to a lot of people and they say understanding how to actually 
do work and do work that works for you. So for you, it's the kind of like sometimes two hours on 200%. For other people, it might be, you know, um, five hours on like just 50%. Like, you know, and I think it'll definitely vary for you as well, depending on, you know, where you're at and what day it is and all stuff like that. But I think that's possibly the best way to to kind of thrive in your career is really no. And what's sad is that there are some employers who are like really amazing and they're like, you know, just do your work and do whatever. But then there's some that are like, you've got to come to the office and do this and kind of adhere to that like strict rule of that nine to five, 40 hour week. But actually not everybody works like that. And there could be people listening now or people that kind of have heard about you and your story and stuff. And I think it's, it's nice to know that you don't actually have to work at that kind of nine to five, eight hours a day, sit in front of the desk. And I know that doesn't work for me not because of anything other than the fact that some days I have good days sometimes I don't and that's just the reality of being like human isn't it really um but obviously now we're kind of having more of these conversations and people are shouting more about Nora's diversity which is amazing um but how would you say like do you have any advice or anything for maybe anyone who is ADHD, autism, or kind of just on that spectrum that might want to talk to their employers? Because I think we need to start having these conversations with employers, how you approached it, and maybe what advice would you give to people on on doing so if they think that they might be in that kind of space, or if they already have, have a diagnosis, but they don't really know how to approach it? Yeah, I think this is one that like, come, this is like the main question that comes up when I do like a Q&A in my community mm-hmm. or anything like that is, I think it is that like fear of what the employer is going to say because Mm -hmm. like you say like there's just no awareness around it people maybe still think of it as this like stereotypically like bad thing rather Mm -hmm. than like for me now if if I was like an employer and I would be actively looking for people with ADHD because I know how like creative and like driven those Mm -hmm. people are when they're doing something they're interested in but most people or people that aren't like educated might see it and just think oh they're going to be a bit disorganized they're going to be they're going to struggle with like keeping themselves on track and they're not going to see like the full picture of like Mm -hmm. okay yeah they might struggle with those things but with the right support they can also do all these amazing things as well but I think it's like really important to remember like it's just as important to like disqualify an employer in terms of like disclosing before you get a job Mm -hmm. I think it's just as important to disqualify an employer that's not right for you as Mm -hmm. it is to like attract a one that is right for you like I think it's like uh, with everything on a CV everyone's like oh I just want them to like me I want them to like I want to get this job I want to pick it it's like but do you if they're not going to support you for the way that your brain works like Mm -hmm. for me I think it's much more important to like test the waters and you know say you know, I have all these amazing strengths, but I struggle with these things or I need support with these things or I need Mm -hmm. accommodating for these things and know that off the bat, how they're going to respond to that rather Mm -hmm. than forcing yourself, like doing everything to impress them, like selling this big shiny person and then getting there and finding it really hard because you can't get the support that you Mm -hmm. need or that you're entitled to. I think if you're talking to like an employer, like you're in a job and then you get diagnosed or you have these discoveries, Mm -hmm. I think going armed with like information is really helpful because I think if you just kind of go and say hi (laughs) I've got ADHD then Mm -hmm. 
they're like, am I supposed to be happy for you? Am I supposed to be like sad for you? Am yeah. I like, am I supposed to do something? Like they don't know what you want from that. Whereas mm-hmm. if you kind of go and be like, hi, I've been diagnosed with ADHD. I'm really happy that I finally got my answers, mm-hmm. but it's helped me identify that these are the things that I need putting into place to support yeah. me. Then that kind of like directs the conversation rather than them Just not. Saying yeah. It. yeah. So I think it's like, if you can kind of before that conversation, like set yourself up with like a list of like the things that you want to get across mm-hmm. and look into like the different kind of options for accommodations, then that's a really good like start in place. I think mm-hmm. obviously different employers are going to have different options available. They might be able to like tell you more things that you hadn't thought of once mm-hmm. you've started that conversation. But I think just directing the conversation is like kind of protecting yourself as well, because mm-hmm. you're framing it in like a, it's a really good thing that I found this out about myself and mm-hmm. I need you to support me in this rather than yeah. them being like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, and it's like, <laughs> I don't want you to tell me you're sorry. Like, I'm yeah. fine, but I just want to like have this thing. I think access to work is a really like important thing for people to know about as well. So even if you're still on the waiting list for an assessment, you can still get access to access to work. So mm-hmm. it's like government funding basically for the the stuff that you need to be able to kind of like level the playing field for work to be accessible for you. So through that, I got like ADHD coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I got like different software, like Grammarly and stuff like mm-hmm. that to stop me making like quick mistakes. Um, software that can kind of like record my meetings. So I'd have to worry about taking notes at the same time as listening. And that's all paid for through the government. So like okay. it's organized for your employer, but the government pay for it. And that is like, a game changer, I think. So I think that's a good piece of information to go armed with as well. So mm-hmm. you can kind of say, I'm going to, you know, these are the things that I need to support with and I'm actually going to apply for this mm-hmm. to get the support from the government. So I think it can be a long process, like with anything when you're kind of going through a long system. But I think it is, the support out there is amazing. And I think some of the the fixes or the, the accommodations or kind of the access things are so like simple and easy and quick fixes Mm -hmm. like for me it's just like I need instructions really clearly I need you to like spell out in black and white what like I can't read between the lines it's Mm -hmm. like I need you to give me like specific deadlines for when stuff needs to be done because if it's just on my list it'll just get pushed down pushed down pushed down like Mm -hmm. it's not something that's like you know I think if you went to an employer and were like I need to be accommodated they might be like oh my god we're gonna have to like spend loads of money we're gonna have to like redesign the office but it's just like I actually just need you to like change the way that you communicate with Mm -hmm. me so Mm -hmm. I think like yeah it's often I think it's definitely a scary conversation to have but Mm -hmm. I feel like if you go in with that information and kind of frame it then it's there's nothing too like difficult there really it's a case of like this is the fact this is what I need like just thought I'd let you know kind of thing I think not framing it in like a bad way either so not saying oh like I've been being diagnosed or like I think I've you know I might I'm on the process of being diagnosed and it's just kind of like oh and I don't really know what to do having that like armor of like this is what I can do this is the best way I work and that communication element as well and kind of making out that it's not going to be as difficult it's not going to be an office redesign because sometimes and I mean it is difficult for employers like if they if they've never had anyone in their workforce that has got ADHD or autism or anything like that they it might they might feel like it's a lot more difficult than it is and I think just approaching it from an understanding point of view as well is is something that will really work well and you talk a lot in your content and kind of just in general about like inclusivity and making sure 
your kind of content is inclusive. And then what I was thinking about the other day was like marketing and inclusivity. And I was thinking to discuss this during the podcast because I think something that is really important is making marketing more inclusive for neurodivergent people. How can how can we do that as as fellow marketers, like maybe from your own experience or kind of talking to people in your community? Yeah, I think it is something that is kind of, it's never really been talked about before. Like mm-hmm. it's not something that's considered, but like the stats now is like one in seven people are neurodivergent. And it's like, if somebody can do that, then they're like tapping into a market mm-hmm. of loads of people that aren't currently being marketed to. Yeah. I think it a lot when I see even like, I don't know, like products that help me a lot with mm-hmm. like my like traits and things Mm -hmm. like that and I'm like why are they not marketing that towards it you know like they could be doing this in such a way that yeah they're completely like missing Mm -hmm. like a thing like even in terms of like the the people and the way that they're marketing not even like the kind of specific things that they're doing to it um but I think just things like with the communication just getting your point across really Mm -hmm. clearly and you know if you're using I think with marketing there's a lot of like puns and like like I don't know like sayings and stuff like that Mm -hmm. just make sure like it's fine to do that but just make sure that all the information is there clearly as well so if you like want to have a joke in the headline Mm -hmm. that's fine that's great but just that the information that people need is still there if they need it that Mm -hmm. it's really clear like in quite black and white um I think in terms of um like the the way in which you're blocking stuff out I think if you can have it kind of like I think this is just like general good marketing as well like just be concise with the words that you're using like if if I see a big paragraph Mm -hmm. there's no way I can concentrate there's no way I can take all that information in if I can see a few key bullet points then that's much easier for me to understand which I think is the general public don't want to read through a massive paragraph of your copy they want like to get to it Mm -hmm. um but stuff like kind of that I'm not as clued up in in terms of like people with dyslexia like Mm -hmm. certain like different contrasts in colors and different color schemes and kind of making sure that we test things through that Mm -hmm. making sure that we make sure that our text is like screen reader compatible Mm -hmm. um stuff like hashtags having like capital letters at the start of each word Mm -hmm. just makes it so that people can like separate the words and Mm -hmm. still understand it um but yeah I think again it's all very quick fixes Mm -hmm. and it's it's stuff that people can do but I think the main thing is just making sure that everything is like clear and concise and like in does it tell me in black and white what I need to know Mm -hmm. um I think is a really important thing to remember yeah I think that's true for many marketing efforts as well and I mean the idea behind it really is it's going to help neurodiverse people but also it's just going to be better marketing yeah. if you are clear and concise and you know your messaging sometimes it's like you know certain types of marketing that has like underlying like connotations or messages and sometimes I'm a bit like I don't understand what they're trying to get me to do or when there's an email sometimes and it's like absolutely huge and you're like I'm never going to read this whole yeah. thing just put it in like a few sentences or even like a short paragraph because I mean it's just not it's just not good marketing is it really so I think going forward with marketing in general people being more concise and clear it will help kind of neurodivergent people but equally it will help the general public as well in terms of like just the clear and conciseness and just getting your message across um but it's been lovely chatting with you today I've got one last question for you so 
I want to ask, and I feel like I already know the answer that you're going to give, but I might as well ask it anyway. What advice would you give to yourself, kind of your younger self, to prepare you for for what's to come and kind of any, anything that you've learned along the way that maybe will help that younger self in their career and kind of what you're doing now? This is such a hard one, isn't yeah. it? I think it's like being more comfortable in myself. Mm-hmm. I think like I was always so concerned with like, other people liking me or doing what I was supposed to do, what everyone else was doing, going off to uni. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I never got to uni because I started having the panic attacks and stuff. But for me, it was like, okay, I'm good at maths Mm -hmm. and everyone tells me that I should, you know, go to uni because I'm getting good grades Mm -hmm. and I don't really know what I want to study or what I want to do with my life. So I'll just carry on doing maths. So it was like, I think... Whereas if I'd have like known more to focus on like myself and mm-hmm. like what well what do I want to do? Do I really want to go off and study maths? Mm-hmm. Like do I? Like, I think just like generally having more confidence in me and knowing that my path might not look like everybody else's and mm-hmm. my I don't know friendship groups might not look like everybody else's and the way that I act might not please everybody. But just mm-hmm. being more kind of comfortable in who I am, I think like everything that's happened to me over this past year is such a, like, I don't know, like a a poster for that, that like literally the second that I found Mm -hmm. out who I really was and started leaning into who I really was, all this amazing stuff has started happening for me. And that's just because I'm showing up as Ellie and being Mm -hmm. Ellie and I'm comfortably and happily Ellie. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's kind of caused me to get into, you know, people can see that and then they want to work with you and they want Mm -hmm. to like have a, like, bet on you and they want to kind of support you and I think that is what I would say is like if I could have been more comfortably Ellie a lot earlier on Mm -hmm. I think I could have had like good stuff start happening a lot sooner as well yeah that's really nice thank you so much for coming on today thank you for having me right that marks the end of another great episode we really hope you enjoyed tuning in today and if you did please share with your friends rate us on apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and watch the video version on YouTube. We've got so many exciting things coming, so we really love for you to get involved. See you soon.